Welcome back, Panther fans. I'm David Brown here with Ryan Graham. Hey, y'all. The illustrious Ben Moore, who's muted. And this is State of Atlanta. Welcome back, Ryan. And uh, hopefully we didn't lose Ben at the beginning of the whole show. Yeah, right. You, you just put him <laughs> on there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, oh, there he is. Hey, Ben, how's it going, man? How are we doing, boys? <laughs> doing well, doing well. Thought we'd lost you there for a second. Uh, hope everybody had a good week. Ben, let's get into it. What is up with this whole damn transfers out, transfer portal thing? Uh, seemed like we kind of felt like we were in a good spot. We knew who we had lost, and we were just trying to fill some slots. And now people start leaving left and right, both on the football side and the basketball side. What's going on? All right, so so you don't like college free agency? Is that what you're, what I'm hearing out of you? <laughs> I don't no? like pro free agency, but <laughs> okay, yeah, just just roll the stick. I do. Face. I'm a big fan of this. I I think <laughs> that it's working just fine, and that we just have to figure it out. And like we're going to work in the new system once we figure out how to work in the new system. That's where I'm at. I think it's great. I think kids should be able to go to whatever the hell school they want to go to. They're the ones bringing the skill to the table. It it it's look. Said I am. I am all for, uh, and let's just put this out there because because I, I addressed it on our boards today. You guys probably saw it if you jumped on. If not, that's fine. I'll catch you up real quick. Uh, the guys that is or was amateur athletics, like it's gone, right? Like we we can all agree, everyone can nod their head saying, "Yeah, this this is not amateur athletics anymore." Every but single. Let's be really FDF, clear here. It's the it's the yeah. guys because there was always a guys a, a, in front of it, right? It, there, the the thousand percent. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we've just, like, broken the facade. Yes. Th th this is no amateur athletics. Th these players today all get paid. I and I want to be crystal clear here. And I'm not talking about scholarships. If you're an FBS guy, just go around the Sun Belt, right? So every Georgia State player receives cost of attendance. Every Georgia State player receives meal money, stipends, et cetera. Okay? So let's start there. There are several athletes at Georgia State who do have currently NIL deals. It's a thing. And I had someone ask me, oh, there's no athletes at Georgia State that ever get NIL deals. I said, that's factually incorrect. Sam Pinckney, for example, when he was here, Sam's got a $10,000 $10, deal from Sam's Club. Everyone I don't know about y'all. But... Sam or Samantha in the country got one. Right. So, <laughs> so and, and here's the funny part about it. People don't understand that female athletes right now in college athletics in the landscape are dwarfing male athletes with their NIL deals because they have so much more to sell. Now that to dive further into Brian's point, the transfer portal and NIL are basically to combined weaponized for basically this is the second cycle, right? So we're doing this for about two years. So whether it's working correctly or not, I don't really know, but I know from an overall standpoint, and I've talked to enough people, nationally who cover all kind of different programs from Pac-12, FCS, that covers FCS, for example. There's NIFCS. You know, I put it on the boards before. I know guys, a kid that is down here in my area, down in Fayette County, is getting is getting money at Austin P, for example. So, like, they, they get monthly amounts. Now, is it is it a lot? But no. But is it to an 18-year-old? Absolutely. I don't know about y'all, but when I was at Georgia State, I had no money. I was waiting tables, man. And that money went straight <laughs> to books, 
uh, or a beer or two, or and, you know, and just like dreading that that paying it back. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, we got we got some breaking news here. Then you were <laughs> drinking beer when you were at Georgia State. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Screw this whole NIL deal. Then right, Moore so, was a so drinker now, now, in college. Now it's serious. L- Look, listen, <laughs> every, everyone everyone visited Sensational Subs. Thousand <laughs> percent. If, if you haven't, you missed out. Like you missed out exactly. Right. Like what's did, did you if you did if you haven't been to Sensational Subs, two three dollar pitcher nights? Did you really go to Georgia State? That's right. I will tell you. Like, I actually. I actually never went to send subs until well after I was done going to school. And uh, when I came back after getting season tickets to basketball, uh, when Coach Hunter was here, or I guess it was his, uh, maybe it was his second year as when I got season tickets. And I was like, lo- I was looking for the meetup spot before the game. This is before we did the G deck or before I knew about G deck tailgating and someone said well obviously we're going to be at send subs and i I walked around campus going where is this send subs place and uh i but i was i was a night school student i didn't go to i didn't go i, I did well i didn't do traditional college i did traditional gsu college which was working during the day my nine to five and then coming in and doing my night classes i think send subs was closed a lot of times when i was actually starting school uh, I, I went to hooters and undergrounds where I went for my pre-class drinking, so yeah, coach Coach Perry, the the, the coach that uh, left uh, or, or took over for uh, for Lefty after Lefty abruptly resigned. Uh, his daughter used to work at Hooters, true story. And uh, the the, <laughs> the famous uh, the famous Cat Cole, who's uh, the CEO of uh, Athletic Greens now, who was a uh, part of Hooters and was a uh, executive at Cinnabon. So uh, yeah, Cat Cat Cole uh, follows me on Twitter. Pro- probably one of my favorite followers on Twitter. For everybody, plug plug plug. She is a proud GSU grad, and uh, give her a shout out and check out Athletic Greens. I'll get you a plug for her. So yeah, so so back to the back to the portal side. Okay, so how it's impacting GSU? So uh, there's kind of different buckets here, right? So you have guys that don't necessarily fit what a new coach and I say new because he's been here basically less than you know a, a full you know calendar year calendar cycle right so there are guys that don't necessarily fit right um, guys that are coming in because let's be honest there's six guys already committed in this class several signed so you look at those guys and you're going all right I'm gonna play those guys more than I'm gonna play you so it's probably a better idea for you to go look elsewhere Two of the guys who left, Glee Brooks and Joe Jones, both graduated from Georgia State. So, hey, they're alums. Awesome. Hope they find something, and they may go pro in something other than basketball, right? Neither one of those players likely has a long pro career for a variety of different reasons. The two guys that left really in the last week and a half were surprises. Absolutely. I did not have that on my bingo card at all. But at the same same point, um, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in terms of family pressures conversations that are had from high old former high school coaches, AAU coaches. And let's be honest, man, it's the wild, wild West and tampering is a real thing. Uh, I have no doubt, especially on, you know, what we've heard so far from Colin Moore. He's at Illinois reach out. He's had Mississippi state reach out. Both of those programs have huge NIL budgets and can pay him a lot more than he's going to make at GSU. And if that works out for him, awesome. You know, he's from the state of Arkansas. If Arkansas came calling, I'd have no problem with that either. And, and I don't have problems with any of these kids jumping and using their opportunity. What I kind of have a problem with is these kids who get bad advice and then are stuck, right? They're out there and they have nowhere to go. So then what happens? You burnt a bridge here. You don't have to go anywhere else. Because I remind people, 
Lanier had two guys who transferred into the program. And then JoJo Toppin went to junior college and didn't even start. Ryan Boyce was at Memphis and came here. Then he had to go to Division II school, and he didn't even start. So you're looking at it and going, hey, man, the grass ain't always greener. So you got to be careful because both of those guys would have been playing on an NCAA tournament team last year, right? So that that's the issue. Um, I think the biggest thing ultimately with Jonas is, is he's trying to figure out um, which one of his – because all these guys are now his, right? He and his staff recruited this entire roster. So they're his guys. They're going to run his scheme. They're going to fit where he wants to fit. And with three scholarship players left to get, man, um, this is going to be an, an enormous class. There's a lot of obviously all this turnover, but um, you know this is going to be an experienced roster come you know this winter. Right. Yeah. So you keep on saying all that with the, like the sky is falling uh, stuff going on from all the social media on message board, Panther talk and everything. You keep on talking about how this is the best uh, class, the best recruiting class that Georgia State's seen. It's kind of hard to believe that but you know you you know what you're talking about so um i don't know best best class we ever had best best recruiting class in basketball here's why i say that okay so i know people see the numbers and like oh excuse it well here's what i'll say it so you have two top 20 high school basketball players in the state of georgia okay dk Manuel and uh vishon ferguson are both top 20 players they're legitimate uh, we're all region, potentially all, nearly all state guys. Uh, I cannot, and I keep saying it to everyone that will listen, I cannot wait to see DK live and in person. Uh, if I can find a way or a, uh, a looking glass at some point for summer workouts, seeing a seven-foot-one human shoot threes at a high clip is going to be amazing. Uh, and, and seeing that in the Sun Belt uh, is going to be truly fun. Um, Vashawn Ferguson is, is yes, a 3 and D, the 3 and D guy, so, you know, super athletic, a six-four and a half. Um, going to be a guard, guy, guy that can handle the basketball too. Taught his high school coach. Um, you know, he can handle the basketball. He's probably going to become in kind of his combo guard. And the biggest thing I, th- I think seeing it now is there's not going to be the pressure on either one of those guys to, to play right away, right? We started a true freshman. How many games last year? You know, we saw Ed, Ed Namoko play a ton of minutes and he struggled at times as freshmen do at this level, um, but he had to play. And I, I think, you know, specifically the guys that, that Jonas and his staff have brought in so far. Um, you, you, you look at them, these are guys that can shoot. You have guys that are experienced. You have guys that can defend multiple positions, guys like Tanari Lane, um, you know, guy, you know, one of the guys that um, that committed this past weekend, Jaden Turner, you know, he's six, five and a half, 210 pounds and led a league in rebounding in division one basketball. He can play multiple positions and um, it, it's going to be very interesting again to see how, Jonas implements all this. There's still obviously holes. You need a backup point guard. You need you needed probably another big now that Jaheem's gone because um, he's a big man and you know is going to play that power forward spot. But ultimately, you, you see what's developing is I think this team addressed a lot of weaknesses. You've got ball handling. You've got a ton of shooting. You got four guys that have shot 39 percent or better from three. We were the worst three point shooting team in the country last year, bar none. Um, that was the worst Georgia State shooting team I had seen probably in my time around Georgia State, and that's 1999. Um, th- he's addressed weaknesses. The tough part for him is ultimately you can't change somebody's mind. If they want to leave, they want to leave. You know, you, you want to fight right. for them, you want to talk to them, but at the same point, you know, look, man, it's a free market. Yeah, I agree with Ryan totally. I, I, it's the coach's decision to go whenever they wanted to do, and now the players. And I said it on the boards, and I'll continue to say it. These scholarships are renewed every July 1, man. It's this is the new era of college sports. Uh, players are more empowered than ever before. And ultimately, you know, 
when the window opens and the transfer portal does not close until May 11th. So ultimately, you know, I would assume that all the basketball players that are here are going to be here because they came with Jonas. Um, we'll see. Is the do you think the churn is so much that we're just going to see like a totally different team next year though? Like, <clears throat> because I know like every year, like by definition in college athletics, you're seeing an, a new team, but like it seems like the churn is so much higher now, and like all the players are new, and like next year is just going to be like a like it's just like throw out this year. It, yeah, it's tough. I mean, and, and I think specifically at this level, again, right, there, there's different reasons for everyone. Like, I mean, Caleb Scott has committed, for example. He committed to, committed to Presbyterian. And I, and I hope – I like that kid a ton. I've got a chance to know him, obviously, through the recruiting process and his couple years here on campus. Great kid. Um, was probably not going to play more, right? So he goes closer to home. He's from the state of North Carolina. Goes to Presbyterian and will have an opportunity to, to hopefully play there and, and lift that program up and, and, and at, at a high level. But there's other guys that haven't landed yet, and, and they may not. And, and to your point, coaches want to win now. They're going to look at it and say, I want to win and put together what I can do now. But also the t- other side of it is, hey, these coaches go and evaluate and they recruit these players and develop them only to turn them over to mid, uh, higher major programs or in football you know, we got absolutely pillaged, obviously. Um, Coach Sean Elliott, I mean, I mean, Dave, you talked to him about, you know, the, the transfer portal, and he absolutely hates it because it's like, hey, we, we put the, the time in, the effort in, and all we're basically a minor league system to the Power Five. So I, I get that perspective. I, I truly do. He was very upset. He's very upset about the transfer portal and uh, losing all these players and, and the tampering and all that stuff, which I understand why that would be frustrating for him. Sure. But like, I think you just have to find your, your way in that system. And, you know, I asked well, him yeah. if, um, if, if he was having success for, you know, picking off P5 players that are sitting on the bench, he said, absolutely not. But I have no idea if he's actually looking for those people. If they're, It's really hard to do that. It's really hard to do that when you go four and eight, like, let's be honest, like, it, like, sure. It, like I, I talked to Marcus Simons, okay, when when he basically had he was committed to Mississippi State, and when he he decommitted from Mississippi State after they fired their coach, you know he he saw RJ shot. That was a humongous factor for him committing to Georgia State. Now, yeah. obviously, the relationships to Ron Hunter and his staff and guys like that, but he's not here without that. He's not here without Ryan Harrow a few years earlier being you know, committing Um, guys like Kevin Ware followed like players want to play. And and I I keep saying this in the state of Georgia, go look every single year at the top 10, 15 guys in the state of Georgia from the high school ranks. They don't land here for the most part. Georgia has one in Mari Jordan out of Decula and Georgia state has the other two. Everybody else. It's Virginia tech, Southern Cal, Auburn, Clemson. You know, these kids are flooding the state. Why? Because these teams in the state aren't relevant. And no disrespect to our friends down there, down south, but they haven't been to the tournament since 1992. So I'm going to yeah. exclude them completely from this conversation. I I'm just talking think, about. I still Georgia think our bread and butter in the rec- in the recruiting uh, yeah. transfers area is going to be people who are coming back to the state, people who thought 100%. they wanted to leave home yep. to to go have their college experience, and then they're just like, "Oh my God, I do not want to be away from home anymore." And like, we just need to be able to be like, come back. Come back sure. home. That, that and I, and I, needs, comeback that needs to be our bread and butter. Sure. The and you saw Ron sauce. do it. Right. You saw Ron Hunter do it, right? Like Manny yes. Atkins was the guy the that was coming. Yep. Yep. 
coming off the bench. You know, uh, Kevin Ware, obviously, situation there at Louisville, you know, and, and broke his leg horrifically on, on national TV. There were many people who didn't think he was going to play basketball again. And he had an extremely productive career here. Oh, yeah. Um, and right. And and I think that's that's a part of it is you, you're going to have guys now. I mean, you're seeing guys that Jonas is bringing in um, who are kind of at the final stages of it. Like Leslie's, you know, came, was from Long, you know, Longwood. Longwood, you know, not a whole lot of folks that don't that follow mid-major basketball don't know about Longwood. But again, back-to-back 21 seasons. I went to the NCAA tournament last year. He's finishing his career up. He's done everything he needed to do there along when he graduated. So he wants to play a final year here in front of his family and friends and everything that way. You know, it, you're, you're, you can find those guys who, who are tied here. And people yeah. may, may or may not know, but, you know, Jarvis Hayes ran basically the Atlanta Celtics AAU program. So he's going to have those connections and guys that went through that program who have basically sprayed out all, all over the country, really, and, you know, ACC, Big Ten, wherever. And there was a lot of interest in guys coming back. And the trouble is you can't take everybody, right? Um, you know, there's guys who have ties to the Atlanta area. Uh, I think my guy Trent Marketh on, on Twitter has been kind of mapping out all the guys with Georgia ties who, who went to high school in Georgia. And I, I, the numbers are, are, are like in the 50s of guys who are in the transfer portal from the state of Georgia. Well, hey, you only have a certain number of spots left. So you're looking at it. Um, you know, we, we, we basically so far to my count, you've, you've had a guy on campus in Kawasi Reeves who went to Georgia Tech. You know what? Ultimately, no harm, no foul in that, right? Um, they have NIL in a major way over at Tech and weaponized it. Also, Tech plays in the ACC. Um, okay, you know, maybe not going to win that battle, but I, I feel pretty confident we finished second there. Um, you got a guy by, by the name of Ricky Bradley Jr. who I brought up on the boards before from VMI. Uh, had a f- true freshman year last year, 10 points a game. Uh, he's announcing on Sunday. Uh, I would be absolutely stunned if he didn't commit to Georgia State. Um, he has told me he has shut down his recruitment, has not taken any more visits. So um, that sounds like a good sign. Um, and again, two more spots left to go. And uh, expect some expect some no, uh, more more uh, news here in the coming weeks as the transfer portal closes up in a couple three three weeks or so. I just want to say that uh, um, based on what you said, my wife would absolutely agree that I know nothing about Longwood. So, <laughs> uh, poor baby. Oh boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so we have you said I think you said May 11th is when the free agency yeah. or the transfer portal ends transfer for, portal closes, yeah. uh, for, for for basketball. Yeah. So we, I think we have three scholarships available now. We fill those, or do we go into the season with uh, empty scholarships? No, I, I think I think Jonas fills them. To be honest, uh, there's a lot of good, good players out there. I've seen names like Trey White from Southern Cal. Um, you know, put have been trying to keep that keep that uh, you know thread updated on the boards and pin it. Just you know, seeing that. I mean, there there's some twenty some names that have kind of been connected there. I mean, there's guys like Eugene Brown out there from Ohio State uh, who went to Southwest DeKalb, for example. If you're looking for kind of big names, and and you know, he's he's a little bit of a bigger guard, about six five, six six five and a half. Who you know that guy may be able to play a small forward, obviously in the Sun Belt. Um, you know, kind of being able to do that, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen in this class is you have guys that are versatile, you have guys that can play and defend multiple positions, and you have guys that are productive. Um, you know, the the biggest thing that was lacking on this roster was like shot creation, shot makers. Um, I mean, I I truly think Dewan Odom's a better player when he's got guys around him that can shoot because he can drive, get to the bucket. And, you know, pass it out to you know, a guy like Julian Mackey, who we've talked on this podcast before. Um, he, he's electric, man. I cannot wait to see that kid um, at six, four and a half guy that's long. 
uh, you know, six, six or so wingspan really can shoot the basketball. Uh, just was named a junior college, all American still to, for the life of me, don't understand why he doesn't have bigger offers, but, um, he wants to come to Georgia state. He spent a year here, uh, in the Atlanta area, um, at, at the skills factory, um, at prepping there. And, you know, he'll be a, a seasoned, you know, basically have, this will be his third year of college basketball and he'll be a, he'll be a sophomore. So, um, excited to see guys like that. Um, again, just really need to find another big man. You know, I know Ron Hunter struggled with that at times, um, you know, finding it in his system. I do not think Jonas will struggle with that considering he was an undersized big man, uh, himself. And, uh, and there, there's a lot of guys out there, man, um, that, that are available. So, um, you know, you, you need to find, you know, probably an, again, another big, uh, but you got some bigs coming in. You got DK, you got Namoko, um, you know, got Jermaine Mann who played power forward as well. So I, I think there's, there's at least one more, one more big man in, in the mix there. And then shoot, man, best player available, right? You, you want to say, all right, what, what's left? You know, do you find a guy that's a guard? Do you find a guy that's a forward? Do you find somebody who's just an electric athlete? Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of options for, for coach Hayes and his staff. And, you know, that's, that's the, the fun part at this point is, is you get guys that get kind of uh, a little bit nervous about where they're going to land. Right. Cause you get down the clocks, you know, kind of getting close to hitting zero and, and they, they still don't have a, have a place to go. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next two weeks. And obviously we'll have every little bit of it covered as we talk to a lot of these kids, um, you know, almost every day. One thing that I've gathered from what you've said over the past, uh, we're, we're 21 minutes in and the 20 minutes you've been talking is uh, that there is one thing that I've learned that I have in common with uh, Division One uh, athletes is that uh, we also measure our height in quarter and half inches because uh, being someone who's uh, a guy under 5'10", I really maintain that I'm 5'9 and three quarters. But is that like a five-year-old saying I'm five years old and, and uh, five and a half, five and three quarters? Uh, I, I'm I'm this many, yeah. I know. But like, you, I, I I was thinking to myself, you know, what does a half inch mean to someone who's six five? And I'm like, oh, you're you're playing basketball at the highest level. Yeah, that half inch matters on all the little stat sheets and everything. So yeah, I've got something in common with a Division one athlete. I, I measure my height oh, yeah. in quarter inches. <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, I, you know, the Hunter teams where Hunter clearly did not value um, height, which which I think worked out for him in in conference play and in regular season play. Um, but it, it, as soon as you hit the, the the tournament, it was like, man, you could tell the difference, right? There was like a just a the, the size difference made a huge change. Like it, it just was so big, to say the least. Um, but the um, but it does feel like Hayes is doing a good job getting some bigs in, and um, I hope that it that can translate that we're still getting the talent and getting the big guys. Cause Ron Hunter always said that, you know, you couldn't get the big guys with talent because they're all going to Duke and Kentucky and all the big schools. Right. And so like, you may as well just get an undersized guy who has the skills. Uh, yeah. and so, and, and part, you know. Well, and, and part of this too, keep in mind this, the, the scheme is different, right? Ron ran yes. the one, three, one. He wanted, he wanted his big man or in that big man role right there in the middle. If you go one, three, one and kind of the diamond there. So he wanted guys that could move laterally quickly. You wanted them, them to be out there because he wanted his guards to be able to defend and get into the passing lanes, you know, tip the basketball, you know, really cause, cause ruckus in there. And really the big men, I mean, that's why Malik Ben Levy was like the perfect guy. He was six, six and a half. He could shoot three. So basically you have all five guys on the court that could shoot threes, could defend, could body up a guy basically, because I think he was playing, you know, 215, 220, um, you know, quick enough, had great hands. 
Um, and also Malik's one of the tougher dudes that I've probably ever seen at Georgia State basketball for, you know, pound for pound. Um, you know, I asked Ron one time, hey, you know, if you, if you know, the back alley teams, right, guys that you're, if you're going to go get in a fight with in the back, who would you grab? And he literally pointed to Malik and was like, yeah, I'm taking that dude over everybody. And I was like, wow, okay, that tells me a lot. Um, you know, guys like James Vin- Vincent would never be his guy. You know, Eric Buckner was was a unicorn. And, and, and Ron talked about how he was 6'9 and, and just an electric shot blocker. Um, but he may not be the guy to, to that Ron may recruit. Um, and, and I think you're seeing that too. He just didn't have access to these level of guys. And then you saw Rob Lanier did. You know, he had relationships to go get guys that were bigger, like Jalen Thomas, you know, 6'10", power forward, and, you know, Joe Jones at 6'9", being a center. Um, so I think it's the evolution of, you know, and in, in the scheme. You know, Rob Lanier played a lot of man-to-man. Um, Jonas, we've seen that a lot of man-to-man and mixing up a little bit of zone. But, you know, in that zone, he, he valued agility and guys that can move side to side. So every, every coach is different. Every, you know, every I – mean, Ron said it forever – you know, I'm not going to go get, you know, four-star, five-star guys all the time. And he didn't. You know, he got guys like Ryan Green and Isaiah Dennis and guys that fit his scheme that said, you know what, I need pesky guards that can, you know, get out and, and run and and athletes and, and guys that can shoot and, and you know, compliment them that way. And he's obviously done a great job at Tulane as well. And and uh, just shout out to Daryl Berry, by the way. I put that out there, former GSU head uh, assistant coach. He's He joined the bench out there in Tulane and uh, excited for D-Lab. I just uh, hope he uh, is okay living in New Orleans because that place sucks, and I, I really feel bad for him about uh, having to be in New Orleans. That's just an unfortunate turn of was, events. Was he him. the one that went hey, to Tech? <clears throat> yeah, yes, yeah. he was. Okay, yeah. Who who took the fall at Tech for a time? Yes, he, he was did. The, he was the Olive was North the of the of the uh, the Pastner uh, regime. Hey, so I saw something over the weekend. Actually, one of our Patreons sent this in on our group chat that I actually haven't looked into. I just rem- I just remembered it uh, now. It sent to me over the weekend. Uh, the university system of Georgia has changed their admissions where outside of uh, Athens, Tech, and Georgia State, no yeah, Georgia University is going to require ACT or SAT scores. Uh, yeah. Does that how, – how do you feel that impacts athletics for us? I mean, we know no, yeah. nobody going to trash down south was going to pass that crap anyways. So um, what, how do you feel yeah, about that? I, I, I saw that post from Everything Georgia, and unfortunately, I actually sent a DM to the guys who run that, and I said that was actually incorrect because it's actually Georgia College and State University. Georgia State oh. still does, still has waived the fact they don't care about the testing because, honestly, Good. they're trying to get as many people in school as possible post-COVID. Um, yeah, tech, I mean, basically from the – and then what he was saying is the public side of things, but, yeah, kind of a big mistake there. Georgia College and State University in Milledgeville, who's the proud alma mater of my wife and my younger sister, but not – Georgia State. Georgia State I mean, is still waiving academic uh, requirements, and uh, yeah, still they had I think had a hundred percent admission rate I mean, last so year. So here's the thing: standard, standard, standardized testing is, is is pretty messed up anyway. And the SAT is is pretty shown to not actually have a lot of impact on the quality of the student itself themselves. Um, it, it's it's actually kind of funny when the SATs got implemented. It was because anyone who made under a certain score. Uh, was less likely to finish four years, and anyone who made over a certain score was more likely to finish four years. And there was like a a good scientific, you know, distribution of that. And so they were basically just like, and so so when you throw it out, you're just saying like, we're just going to take all these people, uh, whether they're gonna whether they're gonna stick it out or not. Um, but you know, standardized testing kind of sucks. So 
He does. Listen, I, I took the SAT four times. You know, I, I had no issue exactly. on the on the on the verbal side of things, but I struggled math. I struggled overall in, in standardized testing. Um, I and and I, I I agree with you. It's I think it's it's not a great metric. It's a metric. It's not the metric. And I think um, you know every kid learns differently. You know, my kids are going through right now with milestone testing in elementary school and middle school, and um, it's it's rough, man, because. You know, the, the amount of pressure that these school systems are on and the superintendents and principals and everywhere and in colleges is just as bad. So um, I don't think there's a perfect system. Um, obviously, you know, private schools can do whatever the heck they want. Um, but public schools, you know, they post covid, they, they're trying to get people to continue to to uh, to stay on campus. We've seen the bounce rate be pretty high, too. You know, we've seen kids that, you know, said, look, you know, I, and, and even parents, to be honest, um, where, hey, I'm going to go be. Um, you know, I'm going to go online or I'm going to go do this and, and, you know, go work. And, and to, to Dave's point, you know, the, the traditional air quotes here, Georgia state, you know, student, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 18 years ago. Um, it's, it's looking like it's may slide back that way. Right. Right. Hey, um, so Ryan made a comment earlier about, uh, you know, talking to coach Elliot and going for those P5s. But it looks like in the past, maybe, I don't know if uh, Ryan changed uh, Coach Elliott's mind at all. We've been making a lot of offers towards uh, P5s Ooh, yep. or American Conference teams of late. Uh, is that just desperation or is that a sign of confidence? What's going on? What do you think is going well, on over there? And before before you answer, Ben, I am going to take full credit for this. Uh, and that he 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 <laughs> shouted me down and he told me that that no, no, absolutely not. That's not happening. Um, but in his head, he was saying, "Man, that's a good idea. I should do that." I, I, I think he texted all of his coaches after talking to you and just said, "Fellas, go out there and give me some power fives. I'm sick of hearing from Ryan Graham and David Brown. Okay, it's just I'm, I'm sick of this. Uh, I have a pack. I have a packed you know, spring tour coming up on Wednesday night. I would like to say, hey, listen, we're offering guys. They may or may not be interested. No, I think it's what's available. Um, I mean, shoot, if you guys saw the news." Uh, what Monday, Tuesday, uh, you know, where Colorado, Colorado's lost a fourth of their roster that played in the spring game on Saturday. So oh, um, there's guys that are, there's guys that are continuing to be available. And, you know, every team in the country needs as many offensive linemen as possible. We saw that last year. That was a huge issue um, for us. You know, losing Luis Cristobal was tough. I don't blame him for leaving. He's not from the state of Georgia. You know, his uncle uh, coaches at the University of Miami. He's going to have opportunities. He's already been offered by other FBS schools. Wish him nothing but the best. Uh, Torian Stafford from Alabama State was probably going to come in and play a guard position or, or maybe be a center. Um, he's not coming now. So you, you have needs on the interior offensive line. So do you push a young guy like Alec Johnson up and say, hey, you're a redshirt freshman. Here you go, kid. Get you some there at center. That's a tall task in this league. They're really good defensive linemen. So, you know, you just try to find as much as you can um, and find guys that are, you know, maybe graduating in May and looking for opportunities. Uh, I think that's part of it. You know, going – I mean, they, they've gone out and, and, you know, offered a couple guys from Arizona State and Texas Tech. Um, you know, and, and it all just comes down to who visits now. You know, we, we'll see We'll see if these guys come and visit, and uh, that's when you have a legitimate shot at them. All right. All right. Uh, shout out to the Pinstripe Panthers who uh, took down the dogs. Uh, nine look at seven that. Tonight. Wolf, Diamond wolf, dog. Yep. And that Bust game boy. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor, for giving us that update. Uh, another thing uh, we saw that the some rule changes came through for college football and we talked about this a lot when they were proposed on here uh so 
and I guess they got approved now for Division One, Division Two, running clock after first downs, except last two minutes, two minute warning type thing going on, uh, like they have an NFL. No consecutive timeouts uh, by a team, and uh, a foul end of first quarter, third quarter carries over. No um, untimed downs. What do you think about these changes to college football? I kind of liked these differences that we had in college football versus pro ball. Uh, it kind of made the game a little bit different. Uh, do you have any opinion at all, Ben, on what these rule changes do for the game? Yeah, I think it speeds the game up. You know, we saw that. I mean, college college football by far is is, is the longest sport now, right? Baseball's done things to shorten things up to try to get a younger audience. Um, I think college football has been kind of, you know, a, a trendsetter here in changing or tweaking some rules. Hey, this is good. Hey, this is not so good. We should take a look at it. Um, I think they're modeling the NFL because, you know, the NFL has a great model. They know exactly, hey, look, you, you can start a game at 1 o'clock and it, by 4.15 it's over. Uh, college football last a ton, especially with instant replay reviews. And, and, and as you mentioned, you know, with the clock basically stopping, um, you know, on, on first downs, they're going to speed that up a little bit. And, and and I'm interested to see how much and how fast it goes and, and the fans reaction, right? You, you want part of college football is, I don't think there's so many college football fans that are complaining about the length of the game, um, but it does speed it up. It, it does standardize it a little bit more. Um, so I'm, I'm interested, you know, in seeing how it looks. Um, the untimed down thing I get, you know, just from a, hey, you know, you, you have commercials, you're selling commercials as well. Um, you know, it, it will, you know, kind of carry over and speed up a little bit, you know, in the, in the, the first, at the end of the first and third. But, yeah, I mean, it, I think it, it trims a little bit of the, of the game time um, there. And, and as we talked about before, man, college sports, especially at a super high level, are TV shows, right? You need content. You want, you want it to last um, you know, four hours to, to make sure you get everybody, you know, all your sponsors, you know, spots paid and everything done there. So, um, but no, I, I think it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's good or bad. We'll see, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, are we, are we going to have two and a half hour, two hours and 45 minute games now? Um, not quite sure, but I, I know this Sean Elliott's teams will still run the ball probably 60 <laughs> to 65% of the time. So the clock will be moving for sure. As long as they don't cut down on tailgate time, uh, I can deal with. I can roll with most punches. Just don't cut down. Well, they on don't. Tailgate they don't have time. control over that. Exactly. So. <laughs> if, the, if the game kicks at three thirty, what are you doing, man? Get there at seven thirty, like a grown man, and get after it. Let's go. And and, and even if they and, close off everything, we'll just start tailgating somewhere else. It's fine. F it's true. Exactly. They're building a parking yeah. deck by the convocation center. Where, where will we find boys? Don't worry. We'll yeah, be- yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I drove by it. Um, last, I guess this past weekend, come by. And my my first thought was, this thing will not be ready for this season of basketball. But then I, as I continue driving, I go past my house and I go past this developments going up near me, and I saw a parking garage go up or a portion of it go up very, very quickly. You think we get a parking deck up there by uh, by uh, was it November, October? Yeah. First or second week in November, typically, is your first exhibition. Um, it's a good question, man. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a construction guy, engineer guy, but I do know a few folks that way, and uh, I'll, I'll tap the network and see uh, if it'll be. Um, you know, yeah, we and we have a new Publix, you know, that should be opening soon, right? Too. So we, hey, we can we can find tailgate spots in there too. Go get a but, pub you know, sub I mean, and then the some uh, beverages. It's been fine. I mean, it's been it's been great. There, there's nobody out there really and so it's like there's there's a bunch <laughs> of space you just show up and do what you want to do i'm excited about showing up to a tailgate with like n- nothing to eat and just like saying hey guys what are we cooking today 
and we go get it from Publix and just like walk back over and like this is what we're doing. We're doing burgers. We're doing dogs. We're doing wings. We're doing whatever. Yeah. All we got to do is bring something to cook them with. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But that's as long as we have our uh, our Victory Plaza tailgating space until they turn that into what was it uh, tennis or something beach volleyball. Whatever they're gonna, yeah, to... no, I mean I'm not into <laughs> that whole major plan of of cramming everything into that space and. I, even even in that plan though they had us still having the bricks for tailgating so uh because i made sure to ask that a bunch of times you know a bunch of times really uh everyone who who discussed it with me i was like hey is this still tailgating area and they were like yes definitely but who but but they but i also got a lot of yes definitely's when we were picking our seats for basketball and without a lot of real clear planning right so like they didn't know yes definitely but they said yes definitely i believe they they wanted that to be the answer but that was not always the answer so yes definitely doesn't mean yes the the answer to all your questions is is money ryan as I'm, always i'll believe it when i see it <clears throat> yeah, yeah hey uh, indoor practice facility fit right, right behind the old, right front of right field so that yeah that's there you go just, just yep. go in there and slide it right there. What's going to cost more, tearing down those right field stands or building the indoor practice facility? Get off of it, man. A, a silence falls Get off the, the indoor practice facility. Get off the tearing down that thing. Who cares about That's like so much money for nothing, man. That doesn't mean anything. Get off yeah. it. We should just get I'm off not, it. I'm I'm. Uh, I would like to have an indoor practice facilities. We talk about facilities are one of the things that keeps us from moving up with the Joneses. Uh, but uh, I just don't see the reason of spending money on tearing down so much of the stadium to put something into. I mean, we're already called the Frankenstein Stadium by a, a bunch of conference members. Why make it more uh, Frankenstein-y just, just for, the, for the sake of spending money? And if we're if we're being real here and the and the recruits are the reason we're doing it because you gotta be able to sell them on something. Um I, I still stand by um a couple PS5s are actually more enticing than an indoor practice facility. <laughs> sure. I think we should I, get under a blanket. Go ahead, Ben. But but here but here's here's the thing here's the thing Ryan ultimately and, and this is why Sean Elliott doesn't want to say and he don't say this to you and, and he shouldn't he doesn't want to pay play any more Power Fives because he's gotten his team beaten up playing back to back weeks Power Fives he'd love to play a Rhode Island or UConn because you know what you need wins and he doesn't want to get himself fired because guess what happens if he if he goes two and ten this year he loses another percentage of the fan base if not all of the fan base because it's like ah oh, well. You know, he had this quarterback or he had this and that and the other. And he, he wants to win. You know, like it, th this is this is why I think it's been so frustrating and seeing his guys, you know, key contributors get picked off by power five guys and power five programs is we, we always ask. Right. Is it the players of the plays? And it, it obviously there was enough talent here. So did they perform well? Did they underperform? Were they coached up? Did they not respond to coaching? Um, it wasn't like and I told this to somebody last night. It wasn't like. We got blown out in any game we played this this past season in 2022. Not one. You know, South Carolina was the largest, I think, margin of victory, and that was because really two block kicks for touchdown or punts for touchdowns. So, you know, you're looking at it, you're going, all right, this team had talent, had guys that obviously could go and play at other places. It didn't come together. So now, you know, they've gone and attacked other positions. 
and really had experienced guys. I'm super excited to see Casey Adams. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, yes, I'm super yes, excited to yes. see guys like Jakari Carter. Um, you know, I want to see Kevin Grange taking a step forward. How, how incrementally better is he as a quarterback? Um, we saw tricky ball and you know, having the ability to pass the ball downfield. You know, seeing a guy like Robert Lewis be healthy, you know, defensively seeing guys, they're going to have to step up right on all three levels, you know, lost key guys. Um, so you can't cry about it. You're going to go out there and Rhode Island comes rolling in. Um, and guess what? You know, they're going to, they're going to be here. UConn's going to be here. You got to go make a road trip to Charlotte. I believe all three of those games are winnable. So well, ultimately yeah, you got to go win. Them. I think I, I, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, hold go up. Ahead, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about crying about having to play P fives when you can't beat Monroe at home and Charlotte, who you are a 21 point favorite at home against. Like, don't, don't come crying to me about playing P five teams. I don't, that, I, that's absolute garbage. And if we would have won those two games, if we would have won those two games, the entire fan base has a different okay. opinion on this entire program. And well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, pile, I'm gonna pile on here. If we were ten and two, and we were sitting there trying to figure out how to get to twelve wins, like I get it, right? I get why we might say like let's schedule a little bit easier or something like that. But like we're not, we're not winning the games that are winnable either. And so it's like, well, you can't just sit there and get upset about these games that you think are impossible, even though you, you have shown us they are possible. Like literally we've seen you beat these people. Um, but like, like that's, I, I just don't understand um, how that is an accepted excuse. Because wins matter and home wins matter. And, and also keep in mind the athletic director goals. Those are, are not always going they're, but they're not going to always align with the head coaching coach size. We're going to play a power five. We, we play LSU. We play LSU this year. You know, next year we play Vanderbilt. Let's go Vanderbilt, baby, and then we can start track. talking about how to get those yeah. two wins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, and we scheduled our and we scheduled our multi team multi team event the same week that football is playing at LSU. Yeah, that really so, bother you, dude. You, you, you've you asked me about this, and, and here's my question. So you have some crossover in basketball and football, though, dude. Like that's the hard part about it. You can't like the LSU game was scheduled five years ago, man. Like exactly, you, you got you got to do what you can do. So ultimately, if you're Jonas and you're like, all right, I want to kick off my men's basketball season year two, which is anticipated because it's year two in the Convocation Center. He's got a bad taste in his mouth because his first ever year, the team is absolutely terrible. Only won ten games, didn't win a game on the road. Brute, absolutely brutal, and he's got a decent field. You know, like I'm, I'm excited to see that field again. Ultimately, how many of our fans are going to be going to LSU? I think there's a very small handful because we've seen that. The, the longer trips, yeah, they don't wanna, go. But I, but I want to watch the game. I want to watch the game. So here's my here's my fixing it. Uh, let the other teams in the MTE play over in the sports arena and let us play in the Convocation Center. Make sure the game is not at the same time as the football game and let us watch sure. the football game in the sports arena and someone give me a red wristband so I can drink at the underground club for free there you the go. entire time. I think you got a plan. We, we, we'll call <laughs> one call. That's all. We'll call Jonas. Make it happen. <laughs> and, uh, you got anything else, Ryan? Say, I will say because like we commented on the um, the the participation like fan participation in away games um attendance not participation i couldn't figure out the word so i i porky pigged it in my my own brain but um we have attendance problems with away games but not really necessarily for the p5 games you have a lot of people who show up for the p5 games well bye 
Bye. Ben. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. <laughs> he was just like, oh boy. Ben Ben just left, by the way. Oh, there he is. He's back. <laughs> Robot Ben is back. <laughs> yeah. So you get you get these guys, you get these um <clears throat> P5 games we we actually show up for away, and we don't show up for the the conference games, I don't think. Like a lot of people don't go to those games. There are some like really diehards, but like even your a little past diehards go to the P5 games. Um, and so you, you, you need that too, right? Because that's exciting. It's exciting to go play Auburn or South Carolina or LSU sure, or, but, or right, Bama. But, but, but Auburn's drivable. South Carolina's drivable. How many people are driving from Atlanta to Baton Rouge? Not many. I might do it. I might do it. I don't know. Right. But but we know that. Like, And this is kind of where we come down. And this is the segment of our fan base too. And here's the other side. It's also dependent on record, right? You know, it's it's the it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving, so you're looking at it. And, all right, say things get off the rails, and this team is three and seven. How many Georgia State fans are going out there outside the traveling party that includes I the think parents? A, lot, the a lot of people flew to Oregon. I mean, to that point, right? I mean, when I went to Oregon, I was like, I was yeah, it was, was like I was at home. when I went. When, that was when 2014. That was that was we hey, this, we we'd only been a program for a few years. Like sure. this is this past like so you have that too. This past year, when I went to to the Army game, we took that ferry up uh, the, up mm-hmm. the river, which I'm told it's not a river, whatever. I took the ferry up to uh, West Point, and I, as we were exiting the boat, uh, this guy goes, "Georgia State travels well." I let him. I informed him this was 92 percent of the entire Georgia State Thousand fan percent. base. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, th- we don't travel well. This is our fan base. No, this we- is the fan base on this ferry right here. Yep, I nailed it. <laughs> but th- we gave an impression. Those of us that went there gave an impression, sure. and there was there were many fans that went that did not take the ferry, which makes no sense to me because that was that was yeah, that's what I would one of my done. top was, yeah one of my top five uh, uh, college sports experiences was that whole uh atmosphere but that was yeah, great that's a i know yeah you missed out because you suck at life but anyhow hey guys we have got we've taken ben for a full 46 minutes here which his Ooh. wife uh wishes she could say the same thing about so uh i think we're gonna go ahead and uh let him go and uh ryan and i will head over to last call here shortly thank you ben, right. for being here appreciate it man you got it L- love you boys we'll see you soon See you, man. Absolutely. Take, take care, buddy. <laughs> I was going to uh, robot, robot Ben in full effect. <laughs> it, yeah, I think I think we mostly could understand what he was saying even throughout that, yeah. though. So, like, it wasn't ever, like, debilitating, you know? No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. It wasn't. But uh, I did yeah. want to kind of go ahead and wrap that. We, we pretty much covered almost everything that I had written down to talk about uh, other Good. than uh, baseball here. So, um, yeah, I think we can go over, head over to um, last call and finish these last uh, few things. Man, I almost dropped some F-bombs there. <clears throat> finish up these last few things and uh, and uh, talk about the episode. What do you say, Ryan? Perfect. Perfect. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We are going to go to last call, which you can find on our Patreon page for free of charge. Patreon.com slash State of Atlanta comes out on Friday mornings, unless you are a Patreon member in which you get early access also, access to our private group chat, which we will all say is the best part of uh, being a Patreon member at discounts on our merchandise and everything we do. We, we try to give as much as we can to those that help support us because every dollar does go back to paying me back for how much I pay for this. So uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> and uh, 
Say goodbye, guy. Goodbye, guy. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at State of Atlanta or on Facebook at facebook.com slash State of Atlanta. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very much and go Panthers.